great to see you here at what we've called our Holy Spirit Fire Service. And let me just explain a little bit about that. Just because you turn the, uh, change the title of something doesn't immediately change the nature of something. But we've changed the title as I was talking with Colin and praying over uh, the future of the 7 o'clock service and where we take it and where we go. We both believed that the focus should be on the fire of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk now about the Holy Spirit fire service, it's something that we're aiming for. It's something that we're going for. We're, we're setting really where we want to go as the future. And uh, what we're believing God for is that on Sunday evenings, increasingly, by his grace, this will be a place where people will be able to get set on fire from God. That's the idea, that we will be get set on fire in increasing ways. Amen. And, uh, and when we think about how this world, is, the world out there, it's like it just keeps throwing buckets of water over us, doesn't it? Trying to rob you of your fire. But the fire of God in our lives, burning up sin, strengthening our passion, giving us power, the fire of, the God, fire of God is the answer for every need that we have. And it's also the answer for the church and the answer for the world. We need to be set on fire. People talk about the river of God and jumping into the river of God. But you know, I don't just want the river of God. I want a river of fire. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about a river of fire and I was thinking about God's fire. And I was thinking about what would happen if you jumped in it. And how there would be a little bit of pain there because the fire of God would burn up all the dross. You know, the, the Bible does speak to us about um, being purified like gold, doesn't it? So this, this isn't a strange term to say jump in the fire. Uh, to put in the fire of God and to have burnt out all the stuff that's holding us back. To have that type of purging flame of God. That's the fire of God. That's what the fire does. Also, to have tongues of fire. I'm not just talking about speaking in tongues, but to be able to speak with power, to be able to pray with power, to, to, to be able to have the Holy Spirit come into our lives and release us into new levels of divine energy. Uh, and, and all these things can happen if we set ourselves on fire. After all, John did say, John the Baptist, he said, I baptize you in water. Thank God for water baptism. But there is one coming that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. We need a baptism of fire in our lives. That's what John the prophet said that Jesus would bring. Now, the reason I don't have a pulpit here is, again, it's not like, oh, well, change the name, take the pulpit out. Actually, the reason I don't have a pulpit here is for my benefit to stop me focusing on preaching and to remind me I'm here to prophesy, prophesying. That's what I'm doing. I've got, I've got a word here. Oh, I'm glad. Sorry. I've got a word here. I've done my preparation, believe me. But in the past, I've been focusing on, there's been a focus on preaching with a prophetic edge. But I believe in that in these days, there's going to be days of prophesyings. Now, I'm not just speaking about prophesyings in the sense of words of knowledge and particular prophet prophecies we hope that those things will come but I'm talking about the sense in prophesyings that used to take place in the hist various parts of the history of the church down in the time of the Puritan revivals and the Quakers people would stand up and they would wait for the Lord to come upon them and then they'd just begin speaking under the direct inspiration of God. It's prophesyings, rather than perhaps a formal sermon and teaching, which of course they do. We have a five o'clock service for that. So prophesyings is, is a little bit different. And so I take this pulpit away. I'm not saying it'll always be away, but I take it away for my own benefit so that I can think directly of what's happening, happening here and what's going to be happening to you. And so we can allow the Holy Spirit to increasingly do what he wants to do, not to do what we think we, he wants to do, but to do what he wants to do. Because we've spoken a lot about moves of God and revival and change and what God wants to do. Well, it's time that it happened, you know what I'm saying? Now, we can't force anything and we're not going to. We can't produce anything, we can't, we're not going to produce, but we're believing God. Lord, here we are, it's time to do. It's time to act. It's time to be set on fire. It's time 
to present us as offerings on the sacrifice. Present your lives as a living sacrifice. That's what God says. And what happens to the sacrifice? It sets, it's set on fire. You know, I was reading in the Bible that wonderful passage about the disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. I don't think I'm going to read it. I'm just going to talk you through it, though, very quickly and then move on. And you've got these uh, two disciples. And you know they're on a journey. They're on a journey away from Jerusalem. They're on a journey of disappointment. They're on a journey of discouragement. They are confused and perplexed. It looks like all the hope that they had in Jesus the Messiah and that he would restore Israel... All of these hopes have been dashed, and they're talking about it. They're on the road, going away from Jerusalem, thinking it's all over, and they're saying, you know, why, why didn't God move? Why didn't God save his son from death? What about all these wonderful prophecies about Jesus? What about all the things that Jesus taught? What about the hope and the Savior? And, and you know what they're saying? It's all gone sour It's all finished and they're walking along. And then while they're discussing, Jesus himself draws near and goes with them. I like that. You know, where we're on our journey of defeat and discouragement, when we think nothing's happening or we wonder why God hasn't turned up, you know, Jesus is drawing near and we don't even know it. And he's listening to what we're saying. Do you know what? God hears every word we say, every thought that we think. Sometimes you might think Jesus is not there. They thought Jesus was dead and finished. They thought it was all over for, the, for Jesus, all over for being disciples of Jesus. And there they're talking and he comes alongside and Jesus is listening to them. And uh, they don't recognize who it is. Uh, supernaturally, Jesus uh, is there. But, and sometimes God does that, you know. Sometimes in our walk, uh, he, he veils himself. He's very close, but he veils himself. There's a purpose to that. It's like that poem on the footsteps. You know, that you, you see that you're, you, the footsteps of life and somebody looks back on their life and they say, I see you walking next to me, Jesus. Two, foot, uh, two sets of footprints. But every time I went through a difficult time, a hard time, I only see one footprint. And Jesus said, yes, child, that's when I was carrying you. And, and so he's with them. And then he asks them, um, what's happening? What, what are you talking about? And they say, you don't know about these things? And then they tell Jesus their perception of what's going on. You know, we have a perception of what's happening. We, we have a narrative, a commentary of what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the church, what's going on. And, and here they are telling Jesus about things, about things, but they're only partly right. They've missed really what was going on. And, um, and then we find that Jesus says to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart. This is an important point I want to prophesy to you. Slow, slowness of heart. We need to be quick of heart. Our hearts can no longer be slow. God says, Jesus said, O foolish ones and slow of heart. What does that mean, friends? It means slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. You see, the prophets had already spoken. Jesus had already spoken. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I will build it again. It had been spoken, but they were slow of heart. One of the difficulties that Jesus had with his disciples is their slowness of heart. They just didn't get it. Even, I was reading in my daily scriptures, even when he told them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to, be, uh, to suffer and to, and to die, and on the third day it rose again. I noticed in the next verse, it said, and, and the disciples went away um, bitterly disappointed and distressed. Wait, wait a second. He said, on, on the third day, I'll rise again. Isn't it true, friends, that we often hear the negative and miss the positive? We often see the negative in the circumstance and the situation and we see all the bad and we, we have a bad report like the spies had a bad report and we see the next... He told them on the third day they're going to rise again but they did, the only bit they didn't believe was the supernatural bit. The only bit in what Jesus said that they didn't believe was the supernatural. I'm going to suffer, they believed. I'm going to be crucified, they believed. 
I'm going to die. They believed. There was nothing supernatural about that. And then on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And they paid no notion to that at all. The only thing that was a God thing, a God act, they didn't believe. He said, slow of heart to believe what the prophets have said. God is looking for a people whose hearts will be set on fire by the prophetic word. That, that they won't be disappointed or, or distressed or too easily shaken. But they will be the believers. They will be the ones that believe that we will be the believers. We will believe no matter what. We will believe. We will believe the good report. We believe that God is in control. We will believe that God has not finished us. We, we won't look at the negative circumstances uh, and the natural circumstances, but we'll wait for that word of the Lord and believe in that we're going to have words of the Lord in this place tonight. And we'll have words coming from the Lord and that these words will be contrary to the, God doesn't need to tell us what's already happened in the natural. What God needs to tell us is what's going to happen in the supernatural. How he's going to intervene. How he's going to send his spirit. How he's going to turn things around. How he's going to break through. That's what we need to hear. We don't need to hear God telling us what we already know. But God wants to tell us new things. And so Jesus is with them and he says, wasn't it necessary that these things should take place? And then he began to it says, he began to open to them all the scriptures concerning himself. He began to open them up. And then, as they go to a village, he's ready to... It says in verse 20, they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us. You know, sometimes Jesus acts as if he's going further. He wants to know how much we want him, our desire for him. You desire for, for him is, you're here tonight. If you're here tonight, you're not here by accident. Something brought you. It was the Holy Spirit. You know, most Christians come on a Sunday morning. You're here on a Sunday night. You're the hungry ones. You're, you're saying there's got to be something more. You are. That's why you're here tonight, or you wouldn't be here tonight. You'd be watching X Factor results or whatever. I don't know what's on tonight. <laughs> you, but you're the very, I just want to encourage you, the very fact that you're here tonight says something about you. You are different than the vast majority of Christians in this nation just by being here. And that's just the beginning of the encouragement that I've got for you this evening. And Jesus made that he was going. He made said, no, I'll be on my way. Can you imagine that? I'll be on my way. No, I might be on my way. He made as if he was going. He wanted to stay, but he wanted to know if he was welcome. God is looking for hearts that are welcoming to him. Hearts that are not slow, but welcome. And they welcomed him. They said, no, stay with us. They appreciated him and they appreciated his presence, even though at that moment they didn't know who he was and they wanted him to stay. And so Jesus stayed with them. Isn't that our prayer? That not, we know that Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'm with you always. But his presence, his active presence, present. We want to know Jesus, the son of the living God. Not just Jesus of the Bible, not just what other people speak about Jesus. We want to know Jesus himself. And so he stayed with them, and the moment he broke bread, it was revealed to them who he was. And then they said this, and, and this is the point, burning hearts. They said, you know what? Did not our hearts burn when he spoke to us? Did not our hearts burn within us when he talked to us on the road while he opened to the, the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned. They turned around. I love that. They were on a journey going the wrong direction, leaving it all behind. And then in a moment, they turned around. What, what was that? It's a picture of repentance. And God wants change in our lives. Colin was speaking this morning that change is from the inside out. We'll be doing Living Free on Tuesday evenings and I spoke at our Living Free course and the whole topic was change is from the inside out. God's not interested in the outside as much as he's interested in your inside. 
That's what he's interested in. Look at Jesus. He didn't judge people by their actions. The Pharisees judged people by their actions. Jesus looked into, the, into their hearts. And he's looking at our hearts tonight. Our hearts are open before him. The word of God is living and active, Hebrews 4 says. It's like a two-edged sword. And then after that, it says, penetrating, penetrating between soul and spirit and revealing everything that's in our heart, which is open to God. One of the best things we can do is open our lives to God because we're already an open book. There's no point trying to put on airs and graces with Jesus. He sees you at your worst as well as your best. Now, Jesus didn't judge people by their actions. If he did, he would never have had lunch with Zacchaeus. If he did, he would have never have let that prostitute wash his feet. If he did judge people on their actions, he would never have called Matthew um, to, to, to be with him. If Jesus had judged people by their actions, most of the people that Jesus reached out to, would have, he wouldn't have reached out to. If he had judged people by their outward actions, he'd have spent more time with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because outwardly they seemed to have it all together. Outwardly. Well, the whole Sermon on the Mount is about what's in your heart, not how you're doing. And Jesus could see people, even if their actions were wrong, he could see something in their heart and he connected with it. You might come in here today and your actions might be all over the place. Your hidden lifestyle might be as far away from God as you could ever imagine. I already see in the spirit hidden lifestyles of alcohol abuse, tobacco abuse. I'm not just talking about having a cigarette here or there. There are people that will be lighting up on, on the way out as soon as they turn the corner uh, out, out of this place because you're addicted to cigarettes. Jesus sees people that are addicted to pornography. Jesus pe sees people that, that are in terrible situations and circumstances. But you know what? He sees beyond that, through that, to your heart. And he sees something that's worthwhile, something that he connect, can connect with. And he wants to change you on the inside and let the inside be changed so that the outside can be changed. I'm prophesying to you tonight. The heart of the trouble is trouble in the heart. It's in there. And the first step that you need to do is not go on some 12-step program. If you're on one, stay on one. But that's not the first step. Not to clean yourself up on the inside, but to take your heart and to say, God, help me. God, you, God give me a new heart. God, do work in me. Holy Spirit, work in me. My chief prayer for myself is, Holy Spirit, please work in my heart. The greatest work of the Holy Spirit is not healings and miracles. But the greatest work of the Holy Spirit is in your heart. The change in your heart. The greatest thing the Holy Spirit can do is give us a fresh baptism with, 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 with fire. And like these gentlemen on the road, that our hearts might burn. That our hearts might be on fire. The most dangerous thing in Christianity is to have a cold heart. In Hebrews chapter 3, we have a warning about hearts being cold or hard. Hard and cold hearts, the children in, in the wilderness. And it says they did not hear what the Spirit was saying. Again and again, three times I believe. Uh, it, says, it says, today if you hear my voice... I don't want to hear yesterday's voice. I don't want to hear last year's voice. I don't want to hear the voice of the last move. I've read the books. I've written a book myself. I want to hear today's voice. I want the God of today. Thank God for the God of yesterday because I know he'll be the same today and tomorrow. I want an experience of the Holy Spirit. I want change to happen in my life. I don't want to go on as I'm going on. I want change on the inside. I've tried to change on the outside. It doesn't work. I've tried to make, I, I need a touch from God. Our only hope is that God would baptize our hearts in fire. Something that will burn up the dross. Something that will burn up that which is not of him. Something that will set us on fire. Something that will give us passion. Something that will give us energy to drive through this cold-hearted, clammy world that just pours cold water wherever it sees the fire of God. Something to set us on fire that we can be burning coals. An angel of God or something to come down from earth and touch our lips and our words and to touch us with fire from heaven. 
I am a man of unclean lips and we are a people of unclean lips. The problem is, is we're like, we're like uh, um, thermometers, not thermostats. And, and many times, hear me, I'm saying this to bless you. Many times we're just the same as everybody else and everybody ends up going to the lowest temperature of those that are around me. Listen to me, without the inner moving work of the Holy Spirit, uh, we will simply decrease in spiritual temperature to the coldest people that we are around. That there is, in this world, set in motion, there is a working of the enemy and a working of unbelief that seeks to rob us of our fire, rob us of our passion. Every time a trial or test comes your way, it's an opportunity for the fire of God to burn stronger or for the fire of God to be put out in your life. Sometimes when a test comes, it's meant to drive us into the fire of God and the fire of God's presence. But sometimes what happens is when the test comes, we fail, we, we, we run away from God and we end up cold. God wants to bring a warmth, a spiritual burning back into our lives. We can't do it ourselves. We can seek him for it. We, we, can't, we can't do it ourselves. God will set us. God will ignite us. We need to be ignited ignited with fire and ignited with something that's real, that's from the Holy Spirit. And when that coal comes, that fire comes and touches our lips, it's going to change. God wants to change us. and God wants to mold us. and God wants to speak present words of encouragement. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you today. Hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you presently. Every day, God wants the living God to be experienced by yourself and myself. God wants a living relationship with living stones, not dead stones, living stones. You're not on this planet by accident. And the things that you have gone through, good or bad, God understands and knew those things. God has got a plan for your life. And God has not given up on you. He's hardly even begun his work on you. What God wants is for us to be able to say on a consistent basis, I'm not the man I used to be. I'm not the woman I used to be. You know, every year, and maybe as God quickens every six months, and maybe even if God quickens every three months, to be able to stand up and to be able to say and mean it and know it, I am not the man I used to be. Do you know, I am not the man I used to be a year ago. You might know it, but I, you might know it or not know it. I know it. I am not the man I was a year ago. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. There's so much more I want to be. Next year, I want to be able to say, I am not the man who was here. I want to say, you know, I don't want to push you. God's got his timing and his works. And, but I want, to, I want to be there. I know times in my life where I would say, I, I, where I would have to say, I am not the man I was a year ago. I'm a worse man than I was a year ago. Do you know what I'm saying? There's times in my life where it's not been from glory to glory, but it's gone backwards. And there's times in my life where there's been backslidden. And backslidden is not always what you think. Backslidden is not always what's on the outside. Remember, it's not always actions. You can have a backslidden heart and look like you're on fire. There's times in my life where I've looked back and thought, I'm, I'm not the man I was last year, I'm worse. And a cycle of defeat and a cycle of backsliddenness takes place deep in the heart even where nobody sees. But thank God I'm not the man I was last year. And I think about where I was. You say, were you backslidden? I wasn't where I am today. And you see, when God makes change, it invites change, it encourages change, even if it's just a little change. But remember, it's a change of the heart that's needed. It's a change of attitude that's needed. That's where it starts, my friends. It changes in your attitude to those that are around you. It changes in your attitude to people that are near you. It changes in your words and then it begins to change. As the attitudes of the heart begin to change, then what will happen is different fruit will come out of your life. You're not a Christmas tree. You can't just decorate yourself. A Christmas tree, as soon as it's cut from the ground, is beginning to die. And we begin to put baubles on it and, and we make it beautiful. It's a Christmas tree on the outside, but it's dying on the inside. You are not a Christmas tree. Many Christians are Christmas trees. You are, you, you are God's vine. You're a branch on a vine. And you're a branch on the same vine that I'm on. And God is wanting to pump his life into your life. 
wants, wants you to bear fruit. And that fruit is not even your own. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. To be in a position where you actually see yourself changing. You actually see yourself developing. You actually see yourself dealing with situations different. Different than you would have done. Different than you would have done. You actually see a difference. You see, I'm changing on the inside. It's where it begins, on the inside. Subtle things on the inside. It's how you deal with things on the inside that will eventually show how you deal with things on the outside. And you can't do it without God. You can't change without God. You cannot do it in your own strength. You have no fire to light yourself. You have to go to the altar of God to feel the fire. You've got to put yourself on God's altar. You've got to spend time in God's presence, coming to places like this, where we're not just getting teaching, but prophesying. Prophesying to you that God wants you on his altar. Sometimes when I can't sleep at night, or when I'm frightened or fearful, sometimes I imagine, when, to help me, this is, I've done this since I was a boy. You might think it's foolish, but nevertheless, I will, I will imagine myself on that little village church in Yorkshire. They used to go as a child. Beautiful um, Norman church. And I'll imagine the altar there at the top. And, I, and if I can't sleep, or I'm worried, and, 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 and I'm fearful, in my mind I take my sleeping bag and I go up the aisle of that church and I put myself on that altar. That I used to watch the, and I rest on that altar. And I say, God, I'm just resting on the altar of your presence. When I went to Durham University, and many times, two or three times a week, I would go into the cathedral, and I would go up into the choir stalls, and hardly anybody used to go. That's why I could sit with the choir. And they would sing songs of God and psalms of God, and I would sit in the presence of God, and then I saw there, there was an altar there as well. And so sometimes at university, when it got too much, I used to... We'll go to sleep, take my sleeping bag in my imagination and go and lie on that altar. Foolish as you might think that might be, it's my way of saying, God, I need, I need to be the safest place, the most secure place in my life is on your altar. It's the most, in the holy of holies. Those, that's just a cathedral and that's just a church. But it was a picture to me. It meant something to me as a child. And so when I do that in my mind, I've done it since, I've a cha- since I was a child. When I do it in my mind, it's my way of even not knowing what I was doing as a kid. I didn't know why I wanted to, to, to lie on the altar and sleep on the altar when I couldn't get to sleep in my local village church. I had no theology. I didn't understand these things. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that that seemed to be the place to go when you were fearful. That seemed to be the place to go when you needed protection. Place to go place that's safe, place where God is, place where you know no one can touch you, place where God can work in your life, do something on the inside, not just on the outside, speak words, change your heart about people, speak words, give you comfort words that give you strength, let you know that everything's going to be all right, that you're going to get off that altar the next morning and you're going to get up and no matter how cold the world is, no matter how hard this world is, God's with you and from the secret place, the altar, the place of God's presence and Safety from the Holy of Holies, not of some church, but of his presence. To step out back into the world. To be able to face the things that other people aren't facing. And that you weren't facing, if you're being honest. You weren't facing. The veneer. But were you really facing these things with the issues of the heart? God wants to do a deep burning work. Burning work. A burning work. God, do a burning work in our hearts. Do something on the inside. Why do we always have to be disciplined? 
like donkeys. Why do we always have, why does, why, why does the majority of the time God's people have to be disciplined through circumstantial issues? Why does God have to allow things to come and discipline us? And, because we're not open enough for him to do a work in the secret place. I say, God, I know there's trials and tests, but please, I don't want to go through anything that you, that if, if you could do that on the inside, Lord. Because sometimes I look back and see the things that, that God did to chasten me, to bring me back into line. I don't want to go through anything like that again. It seems to me like God is spending so much time spanking his children when really he wants to touch them in their deepest point of their life. You know, it's a shame when you have to discipline someone, isn't it? I'm speaking about generally now. It's a shame when you have to discipline somebody at work. It's a shame when you have to use church discipline. It's a shame when you have to discipline a child. It's a shame when you have to discipline someone. When, when all internal working is failing, that you have to begin to deal with someone externally on the outside. What a shame that is to have to externally discipline somebody when what we really want is people to be of one heart, don't we? That's what we want. We don't want to have to go to those extremes. God doesn't want to discipline us on the outside. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to work on the inside. He wants to take us on a journey. He wants, he wants us to say, do you know what? My heart is burning. When you open the word, he wants to give you words that burn in your heart. In the prayer closet, he wants to speak to you words that will burn in your heart. What is the Spirit saying? Because the present word of the Holy Spirit is the most important thing. I'm not saying you ask for a new word every day, like a carnal, but I'm saying, God, speak to me. Sometimes he can give you a present word that lasts for years and years and years, and you, you, have, to, you have to go back to those things. You have to open. Why don't you just open up your heart afresh? You have already in a, in, a, in a deeper way. Rachel, God loves you so much, Rachel. You're not wearing that purple dress by accident tonight because that is a color of royalty. In the days of the Roman Empire, only the family of the emperor could wear purple. And you're not wearing that by accident tonight. God is telling you, that you are special to him and beloved to him. And he in these days is going to reveal to you his love and affirmation and assurance in your life. And you're not, I don't know why or how you were called Rachel or who chose your name and why they chose your name, but that name's very important because Rachel was loved. Rachel was the loved one. Rachel was the one that Jacob sought after. So I just want to encourage you and say that the Holy Spirit has got you on his heart and he's going to do wonderful and lovely works in your life and uh, there are many great things that are going to come to pass for you. It's only just begun for you. Only just begun for you. If I could have someone on the piano, please. We're just going to, just going to allow the Holy Spirit to come to set us alight, to, to put his fire in us. You know, fire burns. It burns. It, it can be a slow burn. It can be an all-engulfing burn. But fire burns. And so right where, we're, where we are, we're just asking Holy Spirit to come. Baptize us in fire. Is there a clair in the house today? A clair. Wave at me. Clair. Might be your first name or your middle name, Claire. Are you here today in this place? Wave at me. I think you are here today. I've got something to bless you with, so it's not. Just wave at me. My missing is. Are you there? Just lift your hand, Claire. It's your name. Lift your hand. Hmm? Where are you? Quiet, please. Where are you, Claire? Now, we've got, I've got to move on in the service, and I can't like wait until people respond every time I give a name. But these things are going to be happening in, in increasing measures, so don't come to me at the end of the service. It's now. Now's the moment. Okay, your name's Claire. 
It might be your first name or your middle name. I'm going to say it once more and then I'm just going to move on. But wave at me. Just wave at me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to bless you. Where are you? Claire. You're not on the internet. You're here tonight. Just wave at me. Okay. God says to prophesy to you anyway. Claire, the Lord would speak to you tonight. Would tell you that the things that have been taking place in the last few weeks and months have not come from him. He is not the source of the things that you've been struggling with. And that he is on your side. You don't need to blame him or question him. But he will come through for you. There is going to be a break in this storm. There is going to be an end to this. God is at work. And although you can't see it right now, there are purposes that are being worked even through this time of trial that one day you will understand. So he calls you by name, Claire, even if you don't respond by your hand tonight. And he lets you know that he is with you and that he's going to be alongside you and that it won't be long until you come out of this. So don't despair. Don't be discouraged, Claire, because God is with you. I see a gentleman and I see a gentleman and I see you making frequent trips to the off license I see you getting four packs and I see you getting bottles of like whiskey, vodka putting them in a plastic blue bag I see you doing these things I see you taking them back to your room on a regular basis I see you drinking these things. And then I see you in the morning when you wake up and you look down at the beer cans and the bottles around your bed and you think, is this my life? Is this my life? People don't know. But not, you become a habitual drinker and what's happening is the deep things of your heart are not being addressed but you're here tonight and God is at work in your heart. Do you know, you're not addicted to alcohol. You you might think, so I'm not speaking. You're not addicted to alcohol. This is not yet an addiction. This is a relatively recent thing, a pattern that's been emerging last year or so. Um, But it's getting more and more. But you're not yet addicted. You, You go to it for comfort, but you're not yet addicted. Well, God is speaking to you tonight, saying that he's with you and that this is not your path. This, this, is, this isn't your path. This, this isn't the path he's got for you. He doesn't condemn you. We've already said that today, haven't we? That God doesn't look at your actions. He looks at your heart. And I want to say to you, gentlemen, and you know who you are. God is not looking at your actions right now. I know I've mentioned them, but he's not actually looking at those actions. He's looking at your heart and he's saying, this is not your destiny. This is not for you, son. This is not your way. It's not an addiction yet. Of course, the way you're going, it's, it's going to be doing this at least three times a week or so, especially at weekends, Friday nights, the night when you're really pull out the stopper God's saying to you I'm going to pray for you, I'm not going to ask you to respond it's not necessary, although you know, you can go for help we can help you in this I'll pray for you whoever you are in the name of Jesus we pray for you we say Lord has spoken to you and singled you out because he loves you because he wants you to know he sees you in the situation that you're in and he doesn't condemn you because he sees through your actions to your heart. And your heart, you see, while you're doing that, 
there's people that God has called you to help. People that God has called you to minister to. And, and you're doing these things, and, but God wants you free because there's people that need to be helped by you. You need, if not just for yourself, but for others. God's got a purpose and a destiny for you. And you're just surviving week by week. God wants to use you to minister to others. That's his plan. So he's calling you out and saying, look, I see your heart. There's good in your heart. I placed it there. This is not your path, son. Seek help, do whatever you need to do. But God is speaking. God is with you. And God's going to release you from these things. Yield to him. Yield to him in the name of Jesus. Francis, come up on the platform. Yeah, God just, I know Francis, God gave me your name, but I know Francis. And as I said it, there's not another Francis, is there here today? I don't know, yeah, 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 yeah. Francis. Francis, lift, just open your hands to the Lord in, in reception for, for you. For your heart, says the Lord, is soft. Soft, soft to me, soft to me. And you have given my heart, your heart to me as soft clay and I have molded something special, says the Lord. And to your softness, I'm now going to add strength. Strength, strength. I'm not saying you're weak. I'm just saying that God is going to add strength to your softness of heart. Because you have soft heart, God is going to strengthen you. I don't know what this might be. I am just open. This could be strengthening in many ways, Francis. Not just strengthening character. I think you've got a strong character. But this could be an anointing. This could be a strong anointing and intercession. And in the gifts of the Spirit, I believe that could be it. I also believe it's a strengthening and empowering materially. So I feel there's going to be a strengthening in your economic strength. I don't know again what that means, whether you get a rise. I don't know. I don't know. But I see. I just see an all-around upgrading and strengthening. Strengthening. It's like you might not know this, but it's like when you play these computer games and you've got a character and he goes from level one to level two, and his strength is up. Upgraded and his ability is upgraded and his intellect is upgraded. It's these types of things. Then you go to level three after you and your character goes up levels, and each time the character goes up level, there's an upgrade in strength, upgrade in agility, etc. etc. Too much World of Warcraft, never mind. But God is doing that to you, and you are you are going to be upgraded in strength. Strength from the Lord. There's going to be a strength in many different areas. And I'm sort of like trying to reach areas, but God will show you how it is. But I just wanted to sort of express the type of thing that God is doing. So just pray and just, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this servant of yours with a soft heart, known to us to have a soft heart. So we pray that to that soft heart, Lord, you will add strength. The strength of the Lord to come upon you, Francis the anointing of the Lord to bring you to that new level of strength and authority to do the new things and the new levels that God has got for you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Lord. Is anybody traveling by airplane the next couple of days? Would you come up on the platform? Anybody upstairs traveling by the next couple of days? Definitely by the end of this week, by the end of Friday. As well. Just come forward. Just face me. I'm just, okay, just in a line so I can see, I can see you all. Okay, is anybody um, traveling because of family situation or family situation? You're, you're meeting your family. Is this just... Yeah. Can I have the microphone just in case I need it? No particular... Where are you going? Where are you go? Where, where? Congo.
going for business, to open your own business with your brother. No, to uh, where in where where are you going? Nigeria. It's his birthday next week. Brother's Christian, Muslim. significant job or just part of the normal sort of anybody else hi just c- come around here so if you don't mind me asking what where are you going and why he's 60 60 is he all right is he well well what's the situation he's not feeling his legs. his father's not well where you, where, where are you going Russia. Which part of Russia? Smolensk. Wonderful. Are you going? Oh, you're here to help. All right. I'm just trying to find out why God uh, is doing this. And so we're just, we're, just, we're just going it back. And I can see, you know, the things. What's the name of your father? Michael. Michael. What's your name? Slava. Slava. We're going to pray Slava for Michael, your father, right now from this church. Uh, is he a believer? Okay. Um, we're going to pray for you, to, for you wisdom and God will show you what to do. Hopefully you'll be able to tell him, do you know what? And tell him what happened. Got called out on the platform and Church of Hundreds prayed for you, Father. And he said, it's his leg. And then just say, would you mind if I just prayed for your leg? And we'll let the Lord do what the Lord wants to do and see what conversations and, and things are open. Sorry, what's his name? Again, I keep... Michael, you're ready to pray right where you are for Michael. The fire of God will come upon him. Father, we just pray for Michael. We pray, Lord, for his salvation. We pray for his healing. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that this will be a divine moment, a testimony moment. We pray for Michael. Who'd have thought tonight we'd be praying for Michael in Russia? Only the Holy Spirit can do things like that. So we pray for Michael, your father, in Russia. We pray for his heart to be open. Go ahead, Lord, and do a work. You have been working in his heart. Do a preparatory work in his heart, Lord. Right now, do something in his life, Lord, that, that his son won't be going in cold, but that have been a work of God before this, an opportunity. Lord, we pray for his son that you'll give him right now the words to say and the wisdom and the anointing. Lord, let his hands from this place, let it carry the healing anointing that's in this place, Lord, by your spirit, that he will have, lay hands on his father and that his father will recover and that God will do a work in him. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray for your business venture. Come forward. For your business venture. What is it, if you don't mind me asking, what sort of thing is it? Hair and beauty. And you're going to set it up there in, in Nigeria. Have you got a place yet? Or so you've got a place to do it so you're just going to get it started is that the idea get it up and running that very how long are you going for one week and your brother is helping you in this or are you just visiting your brother as well he's going to be a, a, checking them what's your brother's name Leko is that the right way of saying it now say it again I want to get it right because we're going to pray for Leko Leko and your, and your brother is Muslim at the moment. Well, we're going to change that. First of all, we're going to bless your business. Father, again, Lord, there's reasons for what you do, and so we... Remind me your first name. Yeah. Issy. Bissy. Father, we lift Bissy up to you on this platform, and we ask you, Lord, to bless this business in Nigeria, this hair and beauty business that she's setting up. We pray, Lord, that you will give her the right people, that they'll be good workers, and we pray that you will prosper this. Prosper this business, Lord. Let it be a blessing right from the beginning, right from the start. Next week, as it opens its doors for the first time, or however it works, we speak from Kensington Temple, a congregational blessing. We also pray for your brother, and in the name of Jesus, we Bring him to the throne of God. We ask, Lord, that salvation will come up into this house. 
We pray, Lord, again, that we believe that you have already been doing a preparatory work. You haven't, this isn't the beginning of your work in her brother's life. We believe that something's been happening. And we ask, Father, that something will crystallize, an opportunity, a divine appointment. Hear our prayer, O Lord, and bring this man to a saving knowledge of you. We bind every work of the enemy, every blinding spirit, and we proclaim salvation in Jesus' name over the whole of this household. And we release that there in the name of Jesus. We, 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 we pray that in the name of Jesus. So you're, just, you're, you're going to visit your family just because you're going to visit your family. But you're going to quite... Is it, you're going to the Congo, did you say? The Republic. How are things there with your family? Because I know it's very difficult. Congo Brazzaville. Okay. Yeah, and it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder, I wonder what, what do you think that God wants to... Is there something that, on your heart that you say, do you know if there's something that could happen out there, this is what I'd want? You don't have to, but I'm just trying to think, what is it? That the God, God, I believe God wants to release something, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, um, there are some important things I, I have to discuss with my parents, some important decisions that have to be made. I'm not quite clear about what I should do. Um, that's why I'm going and see things and seeing how, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what God wants me to do, but yeah. Are they, are they believers? Not born again, but an, an openness they to, to. They go to church, to Catholic church. Yeah. Well, we're going to pray for wisdom for you. Wisdom for you. That must be what it's for. Oh, sorry. What's your first name? Natasha. Father, we we thank you for the working of God in this place today and in Natasha's life. She had no idea she'd be on the platform being prayed for to go home to discuss important matters with her family. So, Father, we release. You said if anybody asks for wisdom, you'll give it. Well, we've got a whole congregation asking for one person, Natasha. That, Father, you would give Natasha wisdom. Wisdom. But not just wisdom, that the whole discussions with her parents will have an anointing. There are big decisions. Big, are some of these decisions where, where, you're going to, uh, where you're going to live and where you're going to stay? Yeah, I thought so. These are big decisions about, about places to live and where to reside. God, you know all these things. And so we put a wall of fire around Natasha. We say, the Lord's will be done. The Lord's kingdom come. God's will be done. Not, not the will of you or the parents or anything. And I know you want God's will. And, and whatever way that needs to be made, it's not the will of mankind or the will of governments or the will of anybody, but it's the will of God. And so we agree together as a congregation that God's will be done, Natasha, for your future that you'll be exactly where God wants you to be, exactly where God wants you to be, whether that's an easy place or a difficult place to be at, whether you need a miracle or it's just a decision, we pray that God will show you, that you will know and God will bring you to a place of such clarity that you will know for sure that you are in the right place and that you, you will... You will at the end of all of these things, Natasha, at the end of it, wherever you are, you'll go, do you know what? Thank God for Katie and that prayer. Because I know now, at the end of this journey, wherever you'll end up, I'm not saying you know now, but that place, you're going to be in the place, you're going to be in your land of promise, I promise you. I, and don't, I know you have to figure it out. You need wisdom, you need prayer, you need to see doors open, doors shut. I understand there's a process here, Natasha, but let me give you something to rest your confidence on. You will end up where God wants you to be. Amen. Amen. God bless you. That's it, I think. God bless the rest of you on, on, on it. I think that's it, Chris. I think sometimes God gives you a specific word and sometimes, you know, you don't see clearly, clearly you get you get you get some you get something. You know, let's all just stand for a moment and respond, each one of us. If the team can come up. And just right where we are, just ask the Holy Spirit to come on each one of our lives and to fill each one of our lives. 
Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us now with your grace. We ask you to fall upon us. We ask, Lord, that you will impart your holy fire into our lives. We release the power of the Holy Spirit in this place today. We release the working of God in this place today. We release the gifts of the Spirit in this place today. And we open ourselves to you. Where's the worship team? Let's just begin to call on the Lord. I hope they're not in the back. They're not in the back. Thank you. Just give him time to come and fill you right now. Open your heart and he will fill it. Ask him and he'll send you his presence. Just wait upon him and let and begin to soak in right now the presence of God, the power of God, the strength of God. Whatever you need right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will impart it in people's lives. Let your grace and your mercy flow like a river. Let that river flow right through us, the river of fire. Lord, we come into your presence, not to a man-made altar, but we come by faith to the altar of God, boldly to your throne. Lord, all things come from you. All grace and mercy comes through you. So, Lord, we present ourselves to you and we pray that your power will come and your word will be done. Great and marvelous are you, Lord, perfect in all your ways, perfect in all your dealings. Faithfulness is your name. It's written on your shield. Faithful and true are you, Lord. Faithful and true. There's not an ounce of deception in you. There's not an ounce of unfaithfulness in you. You are true, the truest God, true God, true to your people. Lord, you're true to your name. You're true to your word. You're the true God, the true living God. And we come to you because you're true. You're trustworthy. Trustworthy in all things. Trustworthy in your word. Trustworthy. We put our lives into your hand again, Lord. We put our lives, we step into the river of the flow and current of your grace. We praise you, O Lord, because all things have been made by your hand. All things are under your dominion, your lordship, your power. Great, mighty, O God, worthy of all praise. Worthy of the praise of our lips and worthy of attention. Worthy of glory, worthy of thanksgiving. You have created us in your image to reflect your image and your goodness. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and do a great work and imprint in our heart the image of Jesus in our lives. We pray for a flow of the Spirit to take away out of our lives all the dross and the impurities that hamper us and weaken us and distress us so much. Lord, without you, there is no health within us, but with you there is healing in our lives. So we confess to you, Lord, our need of you today. We need your Holy Spirit and your Word and we need, your, we need you, O oh God, to come and visit us. We need you to be with us in the morning and with us in the evening. We need to sleep in your presence. We need you to be around us to squell our fears and to be a father to us. We need you in the workplace and in the study place. We need you in the place of prayer and we need you in the place of the word. We need you, Lord, in traveling and we need you in our families and we need you in our relationships. We need you. We need you every hour. We need you every minute. We need you every second. We need you. And we cleave to you, Lord. We cling to you, Lord. We cling to you, Lord. We come to you and we say that we know our need of you today, Lord. We understand that there are greater things than our own needs. That we're part of a great plan, a marvelous plan. A plan that is not just history, but a plan that goes through eternity. And each one of us has a part to play. Lord, let us not think of ourselves too highly. But also, may we not think of ourselves too smallly because we are significant and our lives are significant parts of your kingdom plan. So we come to you, Lord. We come to you in that kingdom plan. And we come to you and we say, Lord, fit us for service. Lord, send your Holy Spirit and fit us for service. Lord, 
Let there be divine encounters released in this place and in these people's lives. Let there be divine encounters. Let there be meetings with God. Let there be meetings between God and man and God and woman. Woman on God and man on God. Let there be meetings. Let there be encounters. Let there be divine moments, spirit moments. Let there be moments of God, God moments, Lord. We pray for God moments, an increase of God moments. We can say that was a God moment. That was a God word. That was a God thing. That was a God. That was a God. We ask for supernatural life to come into our life. We pray, Lord, that even in the mundane, we will see the supernatural. We understand, oh Father, that you are not always sensational, but you are always supernatural. That you can work through your created order. You can work through situations that are ordinary to bring out the extraordinary. So we wait on your presence tonight, Lord. Lord, we ask for a patience to be born in our lives. We wait on you. We want to be a patient people. A patient people increasing in endurance with long-temperedness, with long saying, hey, we'll keep believing, we'll keep waiting. Because in that waiting, there is a work. In waiting on God, in waiting for change, that's when you do your great things. You could solve it in a moment. You could bring a, a, you could bring a, a miracle in a moment. You could change it all in a moment, but you choose to work a deeper work in our hearts. Lord, may we be filled with faith and hope and love. Faith in you, faithful to you. Love, Lord, we pray that that faith, these things, these things will always remain. Faith, hope and love. And therefore we ask, Lord, that you will teach us the ways of faith. We pray for a teaching of the way of love and a manifestation of love. Holy Spirit, you are love. You pour love into our hearts. You speak words of of Abba, Father. So we pray for a manifestation of God's love in our hearts. Show us your love. We don't just want to read about your love in the Word or hear sermons on your about love. We want to experience your love, O oh Lord. We want to know your love. Lord, we want to know you, but we also want to be known by you. The greatest thing that can happen in a person's life is to know God, but also to be known by God, to know that somebody knows us. Somebody knows us and doesn't reject us. Somebody knows us and cares for us. Somebody knows us enough to fix us. Somebody knows knows us enough to pick us up off the ground again. Somebody knows us enough to energize us. Somebody knows the plans that they have for our lives, for our future. Somebody knows us and has them written, our names written in the palm of their hand. Somebody knows us that we might know that somebody that knows us, that we might know you, O Lord, that our hearts would be open, that we wouldn't live on, on yesterday's stale bread but we would have the bread that proceeded from the mouth of God. For man cannot live on bread alone, but man will live on the bread of God, the word of God that proceedeth out the mouth of God. Lord, let every person in this place, every person watching on the internet, let them have fresh bread, fresh bread, fresh bread, fresh bread, fresh bread, fresh nourishment, fresh spiritual nourishment, a fresh bread, fresh bread, Awaken the prophecies of old. The bread that we have said is not fresh. Some of that old bread is fresh. Some of that old, some stuff God said to us, we think that's old. It's fresher today than it's ever been. Oh God, we pray for the Holy Spirit to come and anoint our lives. We pray for God to do something in our workplaces. We pray for divine encounters at work. We pray for divine manifestations at work. We pray for the hand of the Lord to come and stir himself and to stir his zeal in his people. Oh Lord, would you stir your zeal? Would you shake yourself in the hearts of your people? Zeal for your house consumes you. Would you give us some of your zeal, your holy zeal for the Father's house and the Father's purpose? Deliver us from self-centeredness. Deliver us, Lord, from self-centeredness. Let us know there's something better to focus on than ourselves. It's you, your throne and your purpose. Help us to lift our eyes from our own navel-gazing tendencies to see the greatness of God. That's what worship is, Lord. Worship is to put ourselves in a place where we understand who we are and where we are. Give us a context. Help us understand the context. Help us understand the times that we live in, our own personal times. Where we are right now is not by accident. There's a season for everything that's under the sun. Child of God, there is a season for everything under the sun and you are in a season. You're in a season. Help us understand the season that we're in, Lord. Help us understand shiftings of season. 
shiftings of season. Some of you will be in shiftings of season. Seasons shifting. Things are different. Things are different. Things are strange in your life. There, there's an there's a unsettledness in your life. Strange things are happening. God is stirring the waters of your life. God, the things that were routine, so suddenly they're not routine. Things are changing. The, the atmosphere and the season is changing for many. And you're wondering what's happening. God said, I'm changing your season. I don't understand what's happening. It seems oh, I don't feel comfortable anymore. God is changing your season. Things aren't as normal as they used to be. God is changing your season. For some of you, you're like little eaglets, little eaglets in the nest. And God is wanting you to begin to fly. And so he's beginning to unsettle you. He's beginning to make the nest uh, less comfortable for you. And you're feeling it. You're uncomfortable, my friend. You're uncomfortable, my brother. You're uncomfortable, my sister. And you're wondering, why is this? Things are stir Why are these things happening? Why? Are I just want to be comfortable. I just want things to go day to day and week to week. But God is stirring the nest. He wants you up and out. He wants you to learn to soar. He wants you to trust on Him. Some of you need to step into new levels of trust. Spread your wings and begin to believe God for new things. For God to change things. For God to not just in your own life, but in your circumstances. Oh God Almighty, how great is your name. Who knows the end from the beginning. Who knows the end from the start. Who knows all processes. Oh God, oh God Almighty, Father Almighty, even the evil do your bidding. Even the evil do your bidding. Even the evil do your bidding. Although there is no evil in you, even the evil will do your bidding, for you are all control. You know everything. You set the boundaries of the devil with Job. And in the end, what the devil meant for harm, you meant for good. God, you're all things. Work in our lives. Lift our minds. Lord, we pray for a maturing of the mind, of the mind of Christ, a renewal of the mind. We ask that the Spirit of, of God, that we will be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We'll be of a different spirit. We will be of a new spirit. We'll be the first of a new breed, although the new breed is already in the earth, a new breed of Christians. Lord, we want to be the part of the new breed of Christians. We don't want to be the old. The old's not worked. We don't want to be the former generation. The former generation failed. The generation before that failed, and the generation before that failed again. We don't want to repeat their mistakes. We don't want to be of them. We want to be the Joshua generation. We want to inherit. We want that new spirit. And so we need a new working, a greater working, and a greater reliance on God to be not to not to just repeat the mistakes of those that have come before us, but to pioneer a new way. To pioneer a new way in our lives, a new way of dealing with things in prayer, a new way of dealing with difficulties, a new way of dealing with the things that we face together. Lord, pour out your spirit on your people. Put your spirit in your people and cause us to stand and not to fall. Cause us to stand strong. Let there be the strength of the Lord. The strength of the Lord. Lord, we're going to finish with that song. It's a prophetic song. We think we sung it earlier. And um, it, it was all about, was it waiting on the Lord? Strength of the Lord. What was it? Strength will rise. How about ending on a prophetic song tonight? It's the strength will rise as we waited upon the Lord. It's a wonderful song anyway. But we're going to sing it as a prophetic ceiling in our lives and what's going to happen. Speak it over, your, over yourself and go out into London this week with the fire of God and the strength of the Lord in Jesus' name.